Blog Talk Radio. Quarters. Security, condition three. GQ, security three, sir. General quarters three. Intruder alert. GQ three. Intruder alert. Oh, Mr. Sulu, you're going to be thinking security three. You're going to be thinking level three, security three, warp speed ahead tonight. Hey, good evening. This is Madam Perry Salon. Welcome once again. I am your hostess and your cruise director, Madam Perry. And of course, you know, I bring you the most fascinating people in the world. Somehow, they all find their way to the genie's bottle known as Madam Perry. And you know why? Because of you. Because you listen and you download and you subscribe and you tell your friends. And because of that, because of you, I'm able to get extra cool guests to come on, like we've had lately, like we got coming up, and like we got tonight. But first, let me go over a couple of things that's been happening lately and what's coming up. Uh, let's see. Chasm Sultan, you know, he was on back in January. He's been on tour with Todd Rundgren and with uh, Don Felder and also the, on the Yesterval tour. Well, he's doing some solo gigs right now in New York, and, you know, he still has his solo CD bootleg out. So Chasm is playing in New York. You can check him out on his website, chasmsultan.com. Do go and see him. And um, what else is coming up next? I was in Los Angeles last Tuesday. Actually, I was in Redondo Beach for the launch of my client Jennifer Irwin's book. You know, You know, I'm a an entertainment publicist, and my client, Jennifer Irwin, she was on here about a year ago before the book was published when she had just sold the film rights to it, and the book is called Address the Color of the Sky. And uh, she had a big book launch at a place called Kelly Eye Designs, which is an interior design uh, company in Redondo Beach. Fantastic night. I mean, there were people lined up all the way down the street. So congratulations, Jennifer Irwin. I've got her on tour, so if you see her coming to your town, come over to meet us. And if, if she's not coming to your town, let me know, and I'll make sure she gets there. And... Um, in a couple of weeks, we've got Pat Dugans. Now, Pat Dugans, he's he's been working, uh, he's been in NPR for years, but did you know he's covered just about everything that's been done, every mission for NASA in the last 20 years? And he's written several books about it, so we are going to have him on at the end of November. Also, Marla Mortensen, or Marla Martinson will be on October 30th. She is a psychic matchmaker. Yeah, we'll check that out. So a psychic matchmaker, she ought to be pretty good at helping you find just the right one for you. But tonight, you know, I love music, and you know, sometimes I think that good music and can restore the soul. Um, in my office here in Lone Wolf Communications, we have dance breaks when we need some inspiration. 
and uh, something to help us get our, our our brain waves snapping in the right place. We'll just get up and have a have a dance break. And, excuse me. And one of the songs, or a couple of the songs, where you had dance breaks too lately, are I'm going to be playing for you tonight. Listen, tonight's guest comes from I'm talking musical royalty. This woman was destined to be a singer. She has come from a line of multi-platinum and Grammy award-winning singers. Uh, Her mother is known as the queen of high energy, Evelyn Thomas. She sold over 19 million copies of her hit, High Energy, one of the most remixed dance songs. Her her uncle was the operatic baritone Robert McFerrin, the first African-American to be a regular with New York Metropolitan Opera and cousin of the 10-time Grammy Award winner, Bobby McFerrin. And enough about them. How about her? She is a magnificent vocalist. She's also a writer and a performer. Uh, She tours all over the world. Her mother's had her on stage since she was four o'clock. I mean, four o'clock, four years old, since she was four years old. She sings, she's danced. She's even opened for people like Barbara Pennington, uh, Sylvester, Michael Brown, Eartha Kitt, George Clinton and P-Funk. Oh, you know, I like to make my funk the P-Funk. One of the uh, uh, P-Funk, well, not P-Funk, one of the original P-Keyboarders used to play with me. Also, Shabaranks, Mary Mary. This woman knows everybody, but even more important, they know her. And so I want you to welcome tonight to Madam Perry's Salon for the first time, and hopefully not the last, the fabulous Yaya Diamond. Come on in to Madam Perry's Salon, honey. <laughs> Hey, you make it sound so, you make it sound so good. I'm sitting here going, "Wow, who is that?" <laughs> it's you, baby. It's you. You know. Oh my it gosh. Wow. How you doing? Welcome to Madame Perry's salon. Hey, thank you so much for being for having me there. I'm just amazed at all the stuff I've done. You know, you just don't realize it. You just keep doing stuff. You just don't stop. <laughs> You know why? And that's what I tell people if you if you're working and you're working and you just keep on working and, and I tell this to clients sometimes, just stay stay the course, keep stay focused, keep working, and then one day you'll raise your head up and look around and go, Wow, look at what I've done. And I guess that's what you've done because um you know, you've had eight Grammy nominations. Yeah. For collaboration with Walter uh, Walter Clyde Orange from the Commodores and uh yeah. uh and a collaboration with the formerly singer of uh, Inner Circle, Carton Coffee, um, mm-hmm. Everything Will Be All Right. Uh, yeah. Glenn Leonard from the uh, former lead for The Temptations. I mean, you you know why? Because you've been too busy doing it just to sit around and look about it, <laughs> look at it. You've just been too busy doing the doing the gig, yeah. doing the work, and that's amazing. Wow. So it is. Yes, actually, with Glenn, um, the former singer of The Temptations, I'm just in the show. Hitsville, uh, so we, uh, as Glenn Leonard presents Hitsville Live, and I'm just one of the singers in the show. Just one of the singers in the show. Yeah. Or Hitsville Live. Yeah. Glenn Leonard. Mm-hmm. I see. <laughs> She's also very modest, okay? <laughs> also, you are, you are, <laughs> you are very modest, madam, let me tell you. But, uh, well, this is great. And so um, how marvelous it must be to grow up in a family where, you know, so many people around you 
you've on one hand you've got this rich rich heritage of people everything from you know people with dance music operatic music people who really do understand music and the stage and and uh, the, the the rigors of music education as well as the power and the beauty of what music well done can give to people you know i say it can be your it can be your uh, energy it can be your friend in your darkest moment you know a song can take you back somewhere you've been in the past and this was just normal life for you to grow up around so so much music and so many people yeah and you know I have to – people think that it's so so much um, glamour and glitz about it. I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a little inside story on me. My mom right. raised me. So my dad was in the picture, yes. So my mom and dad were never really married together. You know, they were never really together. Um, so my dad told me that, that was, I was a part of the McFerrin uh, family, and that Bobby and and uh, Bobby Jr. are in the family. That's how I found out. Now I keep up with ah. with Barbara, which is Bobby Bobby's sister. Um, I've never spoken with Bobby again. Never. It's just one of those things where it's in the genes. You know, it's in the genes, and the whole McFerrin family can sing. It's not a. That's not a something that's you know regular. Everybody can sing in the McFerrin family. You're not any kind of different. You know what I mean? Um, with my mom, my mom was my mom was my you know she was my mom and my dad, and so she raised me. I toured the world with her from ah. very young, um, and that's how I got that kind of got the bug, you know. Um, it, it's it's something where I, I actually did my ancestry thing, and I found out that um, my, my fourth cousin, I, I, was actually my my third cousin, my mother's second cousin. Um, we met her through the ancestry.com because of the matching and everything. Found out that we are family, and that my mother's fourth cousin is Donna Summer. So you can't you can't erase oh, really? all the I know I just you can't erase all of the just the I, I mean it's in the blood. It's you can't I can't escape it. It's, there's no way to escape it. There's there's absolutely Wait. no way. So it's, it's just Donna there. Summer. You know, I can only take word for what it really is, for what the word is. The word is is that that's their fourth cousin. Well, you, um, and her husband was on. Her husband was on here not long ago, or her her widower, you know, uh, Bruce mm-hmm. Sedano. Mm-hmm. And you know, they were they were married up until she passed from cancer. They were married, I think, over thirty years. Uh, wow, which is a big deal in show business. It is a very big deal. I have to say that she used to live in Inglewood, which is I live in Sarasota, Florida. She she was not. I I mean, it's a hop, skip, and jump away. I go out there a lot, and I I everybody used to say how nice she was, and she would come in and sing with the bands and stuff like that. Um, I just never really got the chance to meet her. My mom did, my mom did, uh, but I didn't. Uh-huh. So, because well. The thing is, too, it was, it was very, it was a little strange for me because I, when I interviewed Bruce, uh, because I just published this, I had known for a few years, but, um, you know, you can tell that, you know, his his heart still with her every day, every day, yeah. So that was, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, very, very personal, very touching, very uh, different. 
So, my goodness. So when do you remember the first time you sang on stage? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so I was very I was about four years old. And it wasn't the singing, it was the first stage appearance um that I can uh-huh. remember. And um my mom had me practice with a gold and silver guy. And back then Janet Jackson was on uh Good Times. Was it yeah, it was Good Times. Uh-huh. And um Yeah. My mom put a boa around me, and she says, you're going to have to do like Janet Jackson did, come, come around and see me sometime. So that was the whole thing. I was like, <laughs> I had the whole thing prepared. I practiced with them, and my mom had the very first cable uh, show in New York City at Club Magique, and I was on the very first show. Um, and the gold guy and the silver guy picked me up and took me out to the edge of the runway, and I said, welcome to the Evelyn Thomas show. You have to come back and see me sometime. And they picked me up, and they took me backstage, and that was my first time ever being on stage that I can remember. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> wow, and she well, she put it. She had some faith in you, didn't she? I mean, you could have. Oh, she did. Yeah, I mean, you oh, could have yeah. frozen or something to choke, but she mm-hmm. had faith in well, you. Not me. I don't freeze. I just keep going. <laughs> My mom knows about me. I'm not really scared. I'm, I'm not the kind of person that gets nervous about anything. Um, I, if someone says, "Hey," you know, this is what needs to be done, then, you know, I'm the person, I go get it, I do it, you know. That's why I probably don't really realize <laughs> all the things that have happened from the moment I started because I'm just not into keeping track of it. I just do it. Mm. Well, that's, then I think, you know, another reason why, or even more proof that it, that this is your, your life's calling. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I think this is your life calling. That, plus you're also a media personality. You've had a, a very popular podcast for a long time. Yeah, that was that accident. <laughs> <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> now, come on. For real? No, I'm not kidding you. I'm really not kidding you. That was an accident. I started the podcast because right. I went into a deep depression. Um, I hadn't sang in over eight years. And um, and I was just in a depression. I, I just couldn't do what I wanted to do in life. And I said, you know, there's got to be other people out there that are like me. So I got and I went online. I said, there's got to be something I can do. And I said, why not start a radio show? <laughs> I just started it. <laughs> <laughs> and I found I found people who were doing something, and that gave me a purpose to do something, and that brought me out of depression. Oh, really? Okay. And that's how I right. that's how we started the show. <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't like a pleasant. It was more like, oh, let me just see who else is out there. <laughs> it was like my own, I'm gonna... my internet TV, if you want to call it that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, uh, and, and get out there and find you know and find some like-minded people. That is wild because nice. you've been doing it. I don't know how long you've been doing, it, but I know it's you've got one of the most popular podcasts going. I've been listening to you. I don't know for about three, four years now. 
But I know um, you've been doing it longer than that, haven't you? Yes, ma'am. I have been doing it for over 11 years now. Wow. Okay. And it's just inspiring. And I mean, look how many people are doing things. Look how many people are going after it. You know, my whole thing is is not about it's it's not about you. It's not about me. It's, it's just about it's a journey. It's, it's wonderful. I guess I need to write a book. Yeah, but it's wonderful. It's actually oh. a journey. I love it. Oh yeah, I think you should definitely. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and step out here and say I think you're overdue for starting that book. I think so. Just saying. <laughs> let's, just, let's just do an accidental book. <laughs> like I'm your big sister or something, right? You know, like I'm your dead mother. I think you've got to get this done. But, yeah, yeah. So tell me about – now, one thing I wanted to say is um, – I think I had put on information out here that your band is called Funktastic, but the band's had a name change recently, hasn't it? Correct. Yeah. Yes, we have. It's uh, now Reverend Barry and the Funk. We had to shorten it. It was really long. The other name was Reverend Barry and the Funk. It was Reverend Barry and Funktastic Soul featuring the Hellacious Morins. But it was we were a band that was um, just wanted to kind of hit all the SEO points. Just put it that way. <laughs> Well, you really, you really are modern. You really are up with everything. This is great. <laughs> and so you, you travel and you play different places. Um, you've got a lot of music out, and I've got actually, I've got some music here of yours. I'd love to play. Oh, definitely. And if you will. Okay. okay, and uh, so I was going to ask you, first of all, because I want something that, I wanted to start off, I've got a few songs, but I wanted to start with one that, where you're featured, if you don't mind. Okay, and I do mind. And the song is called You Better Know, and uh, you want to tell us anything about it? Well, that wasn't written by me. That was written by the band leader. He was upset about somebody at that moment in time, and he made me sing it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's, it's it's about you know you better know it's it's about a woman who you know is is up, upset. It's just you know this guy he says one thing and he doesn't do it. He you better know if you love me. You better know because if you don't, you need to leave. You know, we've got how many times have we heard that? You know, so that's just oh easy. yeah, yeah. Okay, well here we go. This is. Reverend Barry and the Funk featuring Yaya Diamond. You better know. Let me hear about the pain inside Sex you up at night Behave in your phone 
Thank you. Yeah, Diamond. You're welcome. Thank you. So tell me. And you know, it's so funny because you were talking about this guy, the, the singles writing about something that happened. I have heard so many people, and I'm sure you have too, that have had really, really, really big hit songs that came about because they were aggravated with something or mad at somebody. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. just had to get it out and saw maybe they couldn't a situation where they couldn't say to somebody right away, but they just get it out like that and then it ends up being a hit. They gotta sing it over and over. Which is all right if it's a hit, but um so it's, it's really interesting. Um now do you write music as well? Me personally, uh no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I am uh, I'm strictly a, a public, uh, in the privacy of my own home, I believe I can play to me. <laughs> but to not to anybody else. I think my, my whole thing is the time. Um, I don't really have the time to, to learn proficiently enough to, to, I can hear it in my mind, though, and, and I can dictate it, um, you know, and, and give the parts out and sing the parts and, and, just, and just kind of explain what I'm, where I'm going with it, but... Yeah. Hmm. Because I I think I can, because I feel like it with 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 your what you're telling me about, you know, music and, and your life. I know that you feel songs. You probably have ideas and things for melodies or mm-hmm. for words or for a feeling for a song in you that yeah. uh, you share. But you you the only woman in this band? Yes, I am. How is that when you're touring? Or you when know, you're traveling. Okay, so if you're in a, I've been in a few bands with men, with men, okay? Uh-huh. And there have been times where I'm not the only woman in the band. Obviously, with the Hits for Live show, there are two women in the band, um, and we can we hang out and, and stuff. But, you know, when you're with a band of gentlemen who, who are uh-huh. gentlemen, um, and we're all family members, and we all have our own families, and we have our own, you know, our own priorities, when we get together, it's like brothers and sisters. So they take care of me. I remember one time where this, this I don't even know who this guy was. He comes out of the middle of nowhere, and he, he's walking by me on the street. I'm getting ready to get into the van. We're getting ready to go somewhere else. And I nod to him, and he nods me. He says, hey, and I keep going. He says, don't you walk away from me. And I'm like, oh, heck. What the heck? Who who is this? So the guys, the guys kind of nod to me to come this way. So I go by them, and they form this line behind me, like a like like a football line. Like you ain't getting past this line. 
and they told me get in the car. Is it get in the car? So I got in the car, and the guys got the guy away. I don't. I, I have no idea what that person was. I've never seen him in my life. But when you're when you're with a bunch of gentlemen, with a bunch of brothers, that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. And there is no. Um, I mean, they talk like they freely would talk if I wasn't around when I'm there. So it's great. I get to get the inside mm-hmm. of a man's mind. Ah. Mm-hmm. Real thing. But they definitely watch out for you. They're going to protect you. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it does sound like, like, a, good, like a good family. Yes, definitely. Good family. I'm very happy. Well, this, this band, how long have you been with Reverend Barry and the Funk? And how did you get with them? Okay. How did they find so, you? I've been with the band almost two years. I was before that I was the backup to the backup singer. Go mm-hmm. figure. I was the backup to the backup singer. And um <laughs> okay. I was with I was with a band called the Crashers and we are the Crashers formed the band for the Hitsville Live Show. So when we weren't in the Hitsville Live Show, we were the Crashers. Um the crashes kind of went on, and we all did our own things. And when we still get together and still do hit so, um, but that was another band of all guys. Um, and so when the, when the crashes started to kind of die down, and we started to do our own thing, um, when I was approached to be a part of uh, Rivenberry and, and Funk, uh, I asked the leader of the band for the crashes if it would be okay. I mean, you know, he had presidents over everything, and. I didn't want to mm-hmm. overstep anything to kind of go at it. So I went to him, and he said, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you know, we're not doing much of anything right now, and I understand that, you know, your whole goal and everything, go for it. And so I, mm-hmm. I got my go-ahead, and that's how I became a part of the band. Oh, okay. Had you had you seen them a lot? Did you feel like you – did you know them pretty good? Did you – well, you know, so it was so funny. I had never seen them in my life, and I had subbed for them for a few songs, you know, a few shows mm-hmm. uh, before that. And when when the uh, position became available, the band said, "Well, why can't we just get Yaya?" That was like, okay, <laughs> and that that's how I found out about it. That's what they told me um, how that happened. They had a meeting, and they were like, well, "Why can't we just get Yaya?" <laughs> So that's how they, that's how they decided to approach me. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, what are your favorite? Um, now, you sing. You know, our panel is Reverend Barry and the Funk. Reverend Barry will be lead vocal. I love watching the videos because you just get the excitement of the band interacting, and you guys play in front of some big crowds. And I know you've been yes. doing this so long. You probably don't, you know, you don't get so nervous about it. But that's still very exciting, isn't it? When the when you're playing to a big crowd and they're giving love back to you, does don't you feel like does that just sort of energize you even more? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. It's um, <laughs> it's surreal. It's it's really surreal. It's um, you know, you get to know people though because you have people that you see all the time that come to the shows. And then, you know, whether they're big or not, they come early to make sure that they get up front so you can see them. Um, that's the pleasurable part about it is just seeing these people over and over again, seeing the seeing the support that you get from people. And they don't have to be there, you know. It's not an obligation for them to be there. But because they love the band, because they love the music, 
as they're there, and it's it's just humbling. Um, so that's mm-hmm. really what gets me the most. And then when you have original songs like the one that you just played, and they're singing it, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. When they're, oh yeah, when they're singing along, and you know that they know your song. Yeah. That's great. And you know what? And I think, too, though, I think a lot of it is, yeah, definitely, it's, it's a great quality of music. You got a great show band, great music, great quality, great players. But, you know, I think the people feel when an entertainer is performing for them. You know, mm-hmm. um, you remember the actress and singer Marlena Dietrich yeah. way back in the black and white film. And... Mm-hmm. Sometimes they said when she would do things and she would dress up and people say, well, we, you know, this is just a small, why are you dressed up? This is a small gig. She goes, because they came to see me. Mm-hmm. So I want them to know that I appreciate it. And I thought, you know, that's how you can tell the difference. When people say, you know, you could be anywhere else or you could be at home. Mm-hmm. You could have just sat home and yeah. saved the gas money or whatever. But they get up and they make the effort and they come and see you, you know, they because that's what they want to do. And, you know, and they feel that, feel that love from you coming back of that, yes, I'm I'm here. I'm here to give my energy for you and entertain you. So mm-hmm. what's one of the most fun mm-hmm. things? Tell me some of the fun things that have happened with you and, and, and an audience member or or with an audience when they're you know when you, you know, know you've got them in the palm of your hand yes okay so we do a, we do uh, a few covers uh at some of our shows and the one thing that people love is the tina turner uh river the rolling on the river you know and mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. okay so we, i get down into the audience and i grab all the women and we make a big line, and we face the audience, and they perform with me. That is the best thing ah! ever. I mean, just to have I all those women it. doing rolling on the bit, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. And we dip and duck and sway and tuck. I mean, it's like, you know, we get into it. And um, and that's where we introduce the band members, and everybody has their solo. Um, the, the biggest thing is, you know, every band member is, it's just so uniquely talented. It's it's ridiculous, and that's why I mean it's just such a pleasure. And cause think about this too. You know that's something that women do. I mean, okay, come on. I think I could safely say all of us, all of us, done that at least one time in the comfort of our own home by ourselves or with our girlfriends, oh, just yeah. having a good time. Have done that rolling on the river. I catch dance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, you know you. You bring them out, and this is a chance to do oh, yeah. it with live music. I mean, that's got to be the most mm-hmm. fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yes, definitely bring them all out. Just all my all my Tinas. <laughs> that's what I call them. All my <laughs> Tinas come out to the floor. All my Tinas. <laughs> and um, you know, it's proud, it's proud Mary. That's what it is. I couldn't think of the name right now. It's proud Mary. Proud yeah, Mary, all my yeah. You know, when I saw mm-hmm. uh, some things, because I follow your, your Instagram and all of your social media, and I think I saw a clip of a, a song. It might have been on Instagram or something. You put video, and I just I turned to my uh, friend next to me, and I said, whoa, she out aretha Aretha. No. I love Aretha's too. Oh, my gosh. 
what a wonderful person. Um, you know, I never met. There's a lot of people I've met, and I never met a lot of people. I wish uh, I had that kind of, you know, uh, I guess time to meet everybody and to to be. It's just just not possible. It's just not possible. But I mean, what a wonderful uh, powerhouse Aretha Franklin is. Um, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. that that just brings me to. The show I'm getting ready to do with one of the former ladies of the Marvelettes, Brenda Waddy, we're getting ready to do a tribute, and I'm going to be Aretha Franklin in the show, so it's going to be nice. Oh, wow. You know, I think she's an American treasure. We should have her on a dollar bill or a $20 bill or something because she's a treasure. She really is. Um. Tell me, tell me some more of fun, fun moments that you've had, or some of your favorite things about performing, or fun things. Just that proud Mary with your Tina's. I like that. That's my Tina's. Oh my gosh! Let me see. Um, a fun moment. Wow. The I think the the biggest moment that I ever had, and it was a fun moment. It wasn't performing. It was um, when I was about eight years old. Um, my mom was over, back then the Berlin Wall was still up. So my mom was over on the other mm-hmm. side of the Berlin Wall. And uh, circumstances prevented the person that was taking care of me from continuing, so I had to be picked up. So Eartha Kitt and Sylvester comes to pick me up. And then we had the best time. We went to go see the changing of the guards. Uh, we went to, we went shopping. We, we, we had a great time. Went back to the hotel. Um, I think that was the, one of the best times I've ever had just hanging out with people um, and seeing the personable side of an entertainer where most people wouldn't see it, you know. Um, I think the second the second best time, I'm talking about with other people besides my mom. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you know, with my mom performing, I'll tell you that one moment that anybody can see. But the second time was being in the studio in Europe in London and I'm on the couch, had no idea where I was. Um, my mom was in the studio recording uh, for this, you know, her, her songs or whatever. It wasn't high energy. It was something different. And this wonderful woman, she was so tall and dark. She came over, and I was shivering, and I was on a black leather couch or some dark leather couch, and she covered me, and she said, you go to sleep, baby girl. And then she she walked away and come to find out that was Grace Jones. So it was like, wow, I got covered <gasps> by Grace Jones. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was um it was just things like that. But it was the best Grace, time. Yes. Grace yes, Jones. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now the best time and I think anybody can do it, if you go ahead and go online and you type in YouTube and you type in high energy, you're gonna see me at eleven years old with a white ribbon in my hair and I have a blue sweatshirt and I'm in the video. I'm 11 years old, and I'm right there next to my mom. And that was an accidental music video. That same day, they did um, Masquerade, which was one of my mom's songs. And uh, they had time in the studio left over, so they broke down the whole Masquerade scene. Everybody put on their regular clothes, and we did high energy. Ah. Look, I'm still trying – hold on. I'm still trying to get past – a day with Sylvester and Eartha Kitt. 
Okay, say. I'm still trying to absorb all that. And then Grace Jones. It's great. I didn't know who they were and how popular they were. I was eight years old, nine years old. I mean, who knows these things at eight and nine years old? And my mom kept me so grounded. When I got home, when we got back to Florida, or when we, when we were living in New York, when we got back to New York, I did my dishes. I, I washed my own clothes. I, I mean, I, I went to school. I, I, I mean, it was a regular, I, we didn't have any maids or anything like that, nothing. My mom made me do everything. I even had a job at 15, 16 years old. Um, I mean, I had a regular life. It wasn't, I mean, regular as regular can be mm-hmm. when I'm not on the road. Um, mm-hmm. But I never, you know, I was never pampered, just put it that way. I always had something to do, always had my laundry, always had to keep my room clean. Um, I mean, it was it was just she tried to keep it as grounded as possible. So if anything should have changed, I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> do you do you think she wanted to? Um, and you know, there are probably several, you know, maybe different reasons why. But do you think that she also wanted to make sure that you would be always be depend, you know, self reliant? Yes, yes. There are a lot of women out there, young uh, young women and men who grew up very, very wealthy, and by whatever circumstances that uh, that had happened, um, life changed for them, and they were no longer able to depend on that wealth. Uh, what do they do yeah. if they don't have a regular upbringing? I mean, how do they, how do they, they, they manage? How do, I mean, you know, to me, I'm kind of, I'm thankful, very thankful that my mom did that because, you know, um, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm able to, do what I need to do to to make I can pay my bills, you know. Um, I yeah. work hard, so that's that's pretty much it. Is there anything else? Some people, when they're raised, you know, with the showbiz, and they so used to having things done for them, they don't know, they don't learn certain things yeah. that you think of as common sense, and uh, right. or to have anybody, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm watching the video right now, and I'm seeing you there with your whole white ribbon in your hair. Yeah. <laughs> It's so cute. Yep. Oh, your mom is so gorgeous. Um, yeah, and I think, because I get the feeling that your mom, like I said, I don't know your mom, so I don't want to make assumptions that are wrong, but, you know, and I've got no business making assumptions, but I get the feeling that she always wanted to, that she wanted to make sure that you would be able to be self-sufficient and not have to rely on people. Yes. Unnecessarily, yeah. Yes, definitely. That was... That was her main goal, and and you know what she accomplished it, um, big time. It, it it just kind of paid off for me, and uh, I'm very thankful for that upbringing. That's all good. Well, tell me when um, now, what kind of uh, surely you've got you've done so many music, and you've seen people, you've met people, and you've had so many fantastic experiences, but what do you want to do that you haven't done yet? Wow. I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of things, um, and, and now I'm going to be truthful with you. I have a regular nine-to-five, too. It's not really regular. I can't really say it's a nine-to-five because I'm not an indoor person. Um, so I work with, uh, I work with, um, uh, people, um, uh, how would I say elderly, 
and uh, uh-huh. youth uh, disabled, and I make sure that I go out and do their contracts for them uh, so they can get help in their home and uh, help can get paid. So I give away money on a daily basis, which is a beautiful thing. It's something that, um, you know, if you can't give back, if I don't have the means to give people the money to get their their help that they need in their home because they can't walk, they can't do this, they can't feed themselves, mm-hmm. um, at least I can be a part of it. And, and that satisfies a lot for me. On the, I mean, it's just it's such a gratifying uh, thing that I, I love that. That's something I absolutely love besides singing. Um, I really something I haven't done that I have I really want to do is open up open up a um, open up a, a help center for women. Mm. That's yeah. Tell me more about that. What 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 do you have in mind? What would your dream be? Well, I've I've met so many different homeless people in my life. Um, I've hung out with homeless people. Uh, you know, um, I don't want to get too much in detail with it, but something mm-hmm. on along the lines of helping them and giving them a hand up if they want it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a, a facility that actually helps them. To get back into society, if they if they want if they want to, some of them don't. Some of them don't want to be a part of society. Some of them are, are not able to be a part of society anymore. Um, so you know, kind of got to work with that. But you know, there's also seems to be a lot of people these days that that may be homeless that never expected to be homeless, never thought. Well, I know. You know, I know. I, I, people that work. People that work and work hard and, mm-hmm. you know, just have one bit of bad luck, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, a job layoff and an illness, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. it. I know. But, you know, it's, so, it, it's, it's such a, and I don't mean to kind of interrupt, but in this day and age, I think the, the Internet has proven to be a source of income. Uh, and they don't know about it. A lot of this can be combated with education and re-education, uh, and so they're not given that opportunity. Hmm. That's a good point too. Yeah, if they don't, if they don't know, um, yeah. I saw something about a, a place in you know Los Angeles where there are so many homeless people, where someone took an office building and used the different cubes in the office building so people would have their own little place to stay. And I thought mm-hmm. too, if you yeah, if you teach someone how to do something like that, I mean, I've worked a lot, especially in the last two years online doing uh, scoring SATs, college you know high school SATs mm-hmm. or or math third grade math tests, things that um, I never even knew were actual jobs. Yeah, but they are. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. Yes, they so, are. Uh, and people don't know about so it. That was... So what about musically? If you were to put together mm-hmm. a musical show, if I call and said, you know, um, yeah, yeah, come come to Atlanta or, or come to Asheville or somewhere, I want you to plan a, a, a musical show, what would it be? What is, what, what's some of your aspirations? What would you put together, like musical theater? Oh, Wow. I think I think um, 
Wow, I never really thought about that one. Uh, you know, going on tour and doing our own music and all that is great. But um, in secret, I do write. I write uh, books, but I don't write about my life. But I write books. I write plays. And they're just sitting around. Oh. Kind of just sitting. I probably would want to put on one of my plays. Um, my my major in, in college was uh, theater. And so... <sighs> Uh-huh. And, uh huh. I knew I was yeah. on something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my husband, he actually, he actually benefited from it more than more than anybody. He got parts for Bad Boys Two and Transform and Transporters and all kinds of different things. And uh, I kind of tutored him, and he got the parts, and I just kept singing. <laughs> So like, really okay. fantastic! <laughs> yeah, you were you were his acting coach. <laughs> yeah, well, I just hoped. I don't, you know, no coach or anything like that. But um, definitely something like, you know, yeah, something like that. That would be fun. Oh, that does sound good. Because I was thinking, you know, so many times these days, you know, I'll read about somebody who, well, and like in the rock and roll world. Um, um, in the past 10 or years or so, you know, the Phantom of the Opera, people from uh, rock and roll and metal bands like Paul Stanley from Kiss or uh, Sebastian Bach from, I, I don't know what metal band he was in, but um, people like that being uh, hired to sing for the Phantom, the Phantom of the Opera, you know, bringing, mm-hmm. and of course they tell me, you know, they, they say it's something like, like in Paul Stanley's book, he says, well, it's called stunt casting. So they figured they'll get somebody like a, a rock and roll singer in, and it might bring people in that wouldn't normally. But then again, he said, we do have to know the music and know how to perform it and know how to yeah. act. And yeah. so I was thinking, I was getting a feeling that, you know, there, there's an acting background with you, and I'm, obviously you're creative, and thinking, you know, what if, you know, could step into um, a theater or, or a musical role. Oh, you ever God. think about that? Do you it. ever see so you've got come I on you've it. got to I yeah, yeah. It. You've got to have something I you've seen it. and said, I could do that. I should do that. I could. I could, I could. You know, but I just uh just life just keeps going and you just don't really realize it. I mean, if it ever came across if I ever came to the point where somebody asked me to be a part of it or conduct it or or even uh do a play or Anything, uh, be a director. I could do all that. I, I mean, I've directed yeah. all kinds of different things. I could do all that. That's, but you know, I just I take life as it comes, and then we keep going, and life comes, and I keep going, and that's just it. <laughs> I think I think when it's right, you know, because I know with me, like like the uh, the movie that's been made into a play, Gypsy, about Gypsy Rose Lee, mm-hmm. and. You know, years ago, I was in a theater group that did it. I wasn't acting in it. I had a a behind-the-scenes part. But I always thought, oh, that'd be so cool to uh, play one of the strippers. You remember this? I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but with uh, the Gypsy Rose Lee, her mother's got this little vaudeville act, and she's dragging them around from town to town, and they're not doing very good, and vaudeville's dying. And this one place has strippers, and so the strippers do their song about – because one time my mother goes, I, my daughter will not strip. She goes, something wrong with stripping, you know. And so <laughs> these, these strippers, one with the rough voice, she has a horn, so she looks like some kind of a Roman soldier with a horn. And uh, then the other one is a uh, ballet. 
she's doing her little dance around like a butterfly. And uh third one has a costume that lights up. And uh you've never seen this? Oh, you gotta see no. this. Ever? Well, no. <laughs> I'm going to send you the link to this because I remember the last one when they're singing and of course it's young Natalie Wood plays Gypsy Rose Lee and so the other one she's dancing and then everything something her uh, top you know a bra will light up and she and she's going I'm electrifying and I ain't even trying you know <laughs> I'll never have to sweat to get paid <laughs> so no. I used to think oh it'd be fun to be one of the strippers but now I look at it because I saw it on Broadway with uh, um, what's the woman's name um curly hair actress and I kept thinking oh I thought to play Mama Rose now now I would love mm-hmm. to play the Mama Rose part. Bernadette Peters, Bernadette Peters. And I thought that would be so much fun. And so mm-hmm. that's what I'm you. saying. I'm sitting here thinking of it and thinking, okay, there's got to be things where, you know, we, we all do it. And you could look at that and go, okay, I could do that part. I could uh-huh. work that part. Uh-huh. And I know uh-huh. you do. So. Yeah, I love that. I mean, anything to do with performing and theater and singing and all that, yeah, I'm down. I'm good. I'm there. <laughs> I'm going to come down. I'm going to come to Florida and see you and get you to, yeah, we'll go. <laughs> we'll do a show. <laughs> oh, wow. I'll be, I'll be Mama Rose. You can be the young gypsy. So <laughs> Yeah, that would be amazing. All you got to do is just let me know when you're coming. <laughs> okay. So now what have you got now? Are you are you coming out on are you out on tour? You're on the road right now or do you are you mostly doing a lot of corporate work or we do a lot of festivals in the in the Florida oh, area right now. Okay. Um we're we're looking to mm-hmm. get so if anybody's listening or if you know anybody, we're gonna, we're looking to expand to come out of Florida. We've gone all the way up to Jacksonville and so all the way down, you know, we've done a lot. Um Getting out of Florida is a little difficult only because you have to have the hookup. You have to know people. It's just not something that you yeah. can just say, oh, we're going to get out of Florida and, and do the uh, events that we're used to doing, you know. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. just something that just, you just have to kind of wait around and, and see how that's going to work, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we're waiting for. We're just kind of, you know, putting our, putting our heads together and, and hoping that uh, – you know, our connections that we have can can pan out. Yeah, so, well, don't forget, like, you know, Dogwood Festivals in Atlanta or things like that. I know you've got some celebrity connections in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, because you were here not long ago. I don't know if you don't want me to name drop or anything, but. No, no name dropping. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't, I don't believe in it, um. I really don't. I I think that when you have the work and the work ethic behind you and you have your, your track record, that speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. I agree. I really do. But you still got the cred. You've got plenty of cred, lady. <laughs> Feeling the talent, the pies, and you look fabulous on stage. My gosh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you look like a million bucks on stage and uh, sound great, too. So um, 
so you, Yaya Diamond, singing with Reverend Barry and the Funk, uh, can mm-hmm. people buy your music? Yes, they can. They can go to, to the website, uh, funkfunkfunk.com, and, um, and we have all kinds of links there to our music videos, our, our music, um, our latest album. We're coming up with a new album uh, in 2018, and uh, may I say that uh, we have uh, music submission. We have one song, actually two songs, from um, Mr. Walter Clyde Lawrence, who, who is the uh, singer of Brick House for the Commodores. And I'm, I'm excited yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Walter Clyde Orange, yes, of the Commodores, folks. That mm-hmm. is fantastic. And uh, because you you had Grammy nominations some, for a collaboration with him, didn't you? Correct, yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, and I, I got to tell you, I would think that especially some of the people you, you've done collaborations with who might be ahead of you or two, I know yeah. it's got to fill their hearts with joy to see, yes, here is the next generation coming up, and they're talented, and they've got it going on. They've got the skill, and they know how to use it, and they're going to go out there and keep the love and keep the funk alive. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, you know, I can only, I can only uh, imagine hoping and you know, um, again, you know, they're living their lives. And uh, and most people just don't realize that they're people too. And uh, yeah. I approach them as people. It, you know, they're, they're friends. They're, they're people I know. So I hope so. That's all I can say. <laughs> I think that's, that's probably, um, that probably works and helps that connection get even stronger between you and them because, you know, you, yes, you do have the skill, you do have the chops and everything, but you approach them as people and that probably makes it a whole lot easier to work together too. Well, I am going to share all your social media on mine. Folks, if you want to see Yaya Diamond, if you want to, you know, I've been posting the videos. If you want to see her, I'm going to put all of, everything that's got Madam Perry on it is going to have Yaya Diamond on it and, Reverend Barry and the Funk, and let me make sure, please, I've got that website. Is it funkfunkfunk.com? That's it. It's so simple. Funk you can't, three times. People, you can't, you, you can't do better than that, and you can't forget that either. And so, mm-hmm. and you can always find Yaya on Instagram. You can find her podcast, Dream Chasers, on uh, find mine, and she's also on her her podcast is also on what is it Stitcher, uh, player mm-hmm. fm yeah. also on uh, 97.5 fm in um in uh sarasota oh, okay. we have i run a fm station and so what i just got um actually i just um been bumped up from two shows a week to like four or five something like that so probably next week we'll be doing additional shows um on 97.5 FM in uh, Sarasota, Florida. Wow. Fantastic. I I just wish you all the best, much more success. If I can do anything for you, you better tell me, not ask, just come and tell me. And I just am so happy to have you here. Hope to get to see you live soon. So, folks, Yaya Diamond, I 
I, do I bring you the best people, folks, or what? This is this is what Madam Perry does. I bring you the best people in the world, and it's all because you listen and you love me and you deserve them. You know what? I was going to play the song. Uh, just, just, and you know what I think that means? You know, my BFF, Kenya, and Kenya's probably listening right now, and we always say when things don't happen the way we want them or plan for them to, maybe they're supposed to happen a different way, which means just yeah. to make sure this sticks, just to give you an extra treat, people, you're going to hear the song that Yaya sings lead on. You better. One more time as we go out, and I love you all. Keep listening. Yaya, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. You're so welcome. Say good to every, say goodbye to everybody, and tell them. You better tell them you'll come back sometime because we certainly hope you will. All right. Okay, so we're gonna be going out before. You better know. You better know. Yaya Diamond with Reverend Barry and the Funk. I'm Madam Perry. I love you. It's time for you to take off the headphones and get up the dance. <laughs>